look at Chanel. Can we just take a minute and praise God? Father, we thank you in this house for your word. I feel like we have already gone to church. I feel like God has already spoken. I mean, how many churches you get to go into where the Spirit of the Lord speaks and says he's going to send his spirit and move? How many of you believe God's going to move in this place? How many of you want revival in the house of God? How many of you want to see revival in your families? How many of you want to see God use you to reach the harvest? Hallelujah. You can be seated. Lord, we praise you. I ask, Lord God, that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive the engrafted word of truth. I pray, Lord God, that not one person would leave this house unchanged. And I ask, Father, that you would anoint me as your servant today. I pray, Lord God, that you would cause us to be alerted to the seriousness of the hour. That you would open our eyes. That you would open our ears. And I most of all pray today, God, that you would set our hearts ablaze with passion and compassion. And let us not be people who sit on our hands and idle into eternity. But let us be people who are motivated and compelled by the Spirit of God to do more than they have ever done, to reach beyond what they have ever reached, and to leave the areas of our comfort so far in the shadows of the past we don't even remember it. Use us today in this hour. Raise us up, God, as a Josiah generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know what some of you are thinking. Oh, no, woman preacher. Shut the doors, y'all. Not really. We have had people leave before when I got up. Danny told me. He didn't have to tell me, but he did. Just kidding. <laughs> Opal's over here saying something, and Danny's sister, they know Danny. It just talks too much. Opal said, no, that's fine. But today, Danny, if someone wants to leave, here, here he is. He, he'll come in when you summons him. If somebody wants to leave today, you tell them. They can just stay put. If I can put up with them, they can put up with me. Okay? Deal. I believe that we live in an hour. Well, God will use just about anybody that will step up to the plate. I believe we pass the time of being persnickety about what we think God ought to do and how he ought to do it and how he ought to move. I think we have reached into a place in our culture where we've got to get just as radical as the devil if we're going to make any difference at all. We've got to stop arguing over what we think is this and that and the other, and we've got to unite under the canopy of the Holy Spirit and the passion of God and reach a lost and dying world. 
Now, that's all, I didn't have that in my notes. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 and 16, it says all Scripture. Somebody say all Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's amazing to me that there's teaching and training, but right in the middle are rebuking and correcting. If we did as much rebuking and correcting as we do teaching and training, we might have a more balanced house. That wasn't there either. Lord, you know I prepared notes. I like how the, the New Living Translation says that all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong. That'd be a good realization. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. 22% of all Americans believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God. I don't know, maybe you get excited about 22%. That's a little bit, this is the Bible Belt. It, we're probably higher, right? Surely. 22% of all Americans believe the Bible is God-breathed. Written by man's hand, yes, but breathed by the very breath of God. I believe it. Do you believe it today? Do you believe that? When I say that, do you say yes and amen? It is God breathed. But then the next statistic is a little bit more troubling. Of the 22%, 12% read the Bible less than once a year. How on earth do you read something less than once? I'm not a genius, and I'm not taking statistics like my son is. Maybe he can help me by the end of this semester tell me how you can do something less than a whole time. Well, maybe it's like this. Well, I thought about reading the Bible. Does that count as less than? 8% of the 22% engage with the Bible once or twice a year. But I believe it's the inspired Word of God, Andrea. I think our behaviors trumping our mouth. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm still alive. I want, I hope, if you don't know me as a preacher, I generally challenge people. I would like to be softer, but I hadn't figured out how to do it yet. So I hope by the time you leave, you can be mad, you can be fed up, but I want you to be challenged. 
and I want you to look at yourself, and I want you to say, oh God, if I say I believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God, I at least ought to be picking it up every now and then. It ought to not stay in my car from Sunday to Sunday, so I grab it again and take it into the house of God. If I make it more than what is a faithful attender in our today's statistics of one time a month, I don't preach often, guys. You'll make it. I want us to turn in our Bibles today to, where are we going? 2 Kings 22. We'll begin reading in verse 8. But before I read that, I want to tell you a story I heard years ago. I don't know if it's true. It was told to me like it was true. But you know, after you think about things, sometimes you start to say, well, maybe that wasn't true. Maybe it's just a parable. But either way, it's a good story. I heard a story, and like I said, it was told to me like it was true. That there was a man who went out into the streets, a preacher, and he would hand out, you know, little Gideon Bibles? Those little ones. He would hand them out to homeless people and people who, who were living out in the streets. And he came upon a man who was living in the streets, and he was clearly a drug addict. And he, he told the man, he said, sir, the Lord loves you, and I'd like to give you this Bible. He said, let me see that thing. And he picked it up, and he, he thumbed through the page and said, yeah, 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 I'll take this. This is great. He said, this will make perfect rolling papers. And so the preacher snatched it back and said, how dare you? No, he didn't. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, you can use that Bible as rolling papers. But before you use it as a rolling paper, read the words on the page. He said, okay. The man went on. He continued his ministry. A few years went by. He was at a church, and a man walked up to him and shook his hand and said, you don't remember me, do you? He said, no. He said, you wouldn't recognize me. He said, you were out one day in, in this community, and I was living on the streets, and you were passing out Bibles. He said, Yeah. I do, yeah, I did that. He said, I don't know if you remember me, but I told you that I was going to take your little Bible and I was going to use it as rolling papers. He went, yeah, I do remember that. He said, what happened to you? The man is clear. He's in a suit. He's in the house of God. He looks completely different. He's clearly off of drugs now. He said, well, this is what happened. He said, I smoked Matthew. I smoked Mark. He said, I smoked Luke, but John smoked me. There is still power in the Word of God. And if it has to smoke you, it'll smoke you. But I believe that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your very heart. Now i got to get back into my phone. 2 Kings 22. And the high priest 
Hilkiah told the court secretary, Shaphan, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. And he gave the book to Shaphan who read it. The court secretary, Shaphan, went to the king and reported, Your servants have emptied out the silver that was found in the temple and given it to those who are doing the work. They were doing a refurbishment on the temple. Those who oversee the Lord's temple. And the court secretary, Shaphan, told the king, The priest Hilkiah has given me a book. Look at that. He's given me a book. Huh. And Shaphan read it in the presence of the king. And when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. He commanded the priest Hilkiah, Achaiahim, the son of Shaphan, and Achor, the son of Micaiah, the court secretary, Shaphan, and the king's servant, Asaiah, go and inquire of the Lord for me, the people in all of Judah, about the words of this book that has been found. For great is the Lord's wrath that is kindled against us because our ancestors have not obeyed the words of this book in order to do everything written in it. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing to lose the word of God in the house of God? Wouldn't it though? Wouldn't it be a terrible thing to find yourself as the house of God? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit whose temple you are? That you have been bought with a price and you are not your own? Can you tell me where the temple of the Lord is this morning? Yeah. According to New Testament, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't it be a bad situation to lose the book out of your life? Well, I think that we've kind of stumbled on to that reality when 22% of Americans believe the Word is the inspired Word of God, but only 12% of the people read it less than once a year. Now, I hope by the time you read, leave here today that you are convinced that what you need in your life more than your next breath is more of the Word of God. I hope that before you leave here today, what you are convinced of what you need in your life more than you need more money in your bank account, more than you need more clothes in your closet or shoes on your feet, what you need more than anything in your life is to have the God-breathed Word speaking into your life because without it folks we will call right wrong and we'll call wrong right and we'll start inventing our own version of truth and trying to live by some standard that is man's and not God's and we will go to churches full of people and full of performance but void of power and we'll have people that are living lives that are so steeped in sin that they call black white and white black and they call good bad and bad evil that's the reality of the world we live in when we do so without the Word of God. I've said so many times before, we don't need Bibles anymore, we need journals. Just write it the way you want it. 
What do you think truth is? What do you think truth is? What do you think truth is? How sweet. We have reduced the word of God to sentiment. Hosea 4 and 6 says, My people perish for a lack of knowledge because they do not know me. They have rejected knowledge. Well, what on earth would we reject knowledge in favor of? Our own way. I'm not talking to the world this morning. I'm talking to the church. I believe that we have a group of people here. Oh, yeah, there's balcony. And you're going to rise up. And you're going to reclaim the territory that you have let the devil take from you by stealing the truth of God's word out of your life. And you are going to get back in the book that will save your life. And not just save your life, but will set a fire in your soul that will cause you to be more than just a bum on the street. The word of God has the power in it to turn drug addicts into preachers, prostitutes into Sunday school teachers, and it has the power to transform homosexuals into, into deacons. It has the power in it to rid us of every plague of sin and every bit of filth that the world puts on us. I am tired of the church being impotent because sin reigns supreme and the devil laughs at us and we lay empty hands on empty heads. Oh, God, ignite us again. GQ magazine lists the Bible among the 21 books that you don't need to read. It says it's repetitive, foolish, and contradictory. No surprise that the devil wants to twist and malign and stop the transformative influence of the Word of God. Why? Because the Word of God is the source of life. John, or Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Why? Because the Word of God reveals the Father. John 1, 14 and 18, the Word was made flesh and it dwelt among us and we saw His glory, the glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten of God who is in the bosom of the Father has explained to Him. Folks, God wants to communicate to His people. He wants to communicate to the world, communicate. We see in the Word of God from the very beginning, it's always been here. Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. 
Adam, where are you? When he had fallen, God is the one who initiated the conversation. We see God speaking with Cain, telling him, I'll have regard for your offering if you do what's right. We see Noah received instructions from God to save his family and to repopulate the whole world. We see that God communicated through a sign, a rainbow. He communicated to Abraham, telling him to leave his father's house. We see that God communicated to Jacob and Joseph in dreams. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush, a fiery mountain, and stone tablets. His voice is heard through the prophets over and over again. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Heavenly messengers carry his words. A donkey speaks. A rooster crows. A child is born. God's ultimate communication to the world is Emmanuel, God with us. God wants to communicate with you through his word. Please don't go chasing after all kinds of words of knowledge. If you don't know his word, you'll be led all over the place. You'll be here one day and over there the next. You won't know if you're up or down or in or out. You won't know what your name is or what you're about. You need to know the word of God in these last days. God wants to communicate the word of God. He wants to communicate to our minds it's amazing to me that Josiah had to hear the words of a book. A book. Before it become the words of the book. I wonder in this house today, are the words of the book a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. The Bible says in Psalm 119, it'll make straight the paths of the simple. What's the Andrea translation of that? It'll teach idiots what to do. God wants to communicate to my mind, but it's not just to my mind. It's not just to my intellect only, folks. He doesn't just want to communicate to my mind. He doesn't want to raise up a, a massive army of erudites who are so intellectually superior and cerebrally selected among the, the greatest thinking minds of the world. That's not all he wants is to communicate to our mind. He wants to reveal himself to our heart. The Word of God, it's an inside job. We don't get in the kingdom of God head first. We get in heart first. He wants to communicate the word of God to my mind and bring revelation to my heart. I has not seen. 
nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those for him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Oh God, bring a revelation again of all you want to do in your church. Calls us, the sister said this morning, as she interpreted the tongue, that God wants to show up with his spirit and power. Would that be all right with you? Would you be a candidate for God to use supernaturally? I just wonder. I better watch out, I'll fall off the stage. That's how I became Pentecostal. I fell on the stairs at the Baptist church. I'll be left with Presbyterianism if I fall here. Would that be all right with you? What if God used you mightily? What if God revealed to your heart? What if God transformed you from the inside out? It hasn't been manifested. It's not been declared until first it's been revealed to our hearts. Oh, God, reveal to our hearts what you have done for us. Reveal to our hearts your love. I can hear it with my ears all day long. But until God reveals it to my heart, it doesn't cause me to move beyond God make us ache for souls I'm believing for a Josiah generation to rise up Josiah was eight years old when he became king. I would say you know the story, but statistically proven, you probably don't. That's a joke. Y'all can laugh. Josiah was eight years old when he became king and 18 when this all happened. How many 18-year-olds we got in the house? We got... You're the only 18-year-old in the house? You've got work to do. Go get some 18-year-olds, clearly. Would you have thought that an 18-year-old person who was positioned properly could bring such transformation in a whole kingdom? That's good, isn't it? I believe that all God needs is just one person positioned properly to make a mighty, mighty impact in our world today. I don't think, thank you. Appreciate it. Better? That's why holiness women didn't wear makeup. Just cried it off. I forgot what I was saying. Gosh, it was good. We just need one per we just need one person positioned properly in the right proximity to God. What do you mean by proximity? I believe when he reveals his word to your heart, he can plant you by a river. The Psalm 1 says, How blessed is the man who does not stand. Let's get it right. How blessed is the man who is not seated in the seat of the scornful, nor standeth in the way of the sinners. It's, it's another one. Sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he shall meditate where? Day and night. 
He shall be like a tree planted. Say proximity. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and he will bring forth fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. The ungodly are not so. They will be like the chaff which the wind drives away. They can't stand in the judgment, but God will prosper those in proximity. Where was the proximity? Meditate in his word day and night. The word brings us into the proximity of the place of power, and power brings us into the place of fruitfulness. And fruitfulness, it is not contingent upon the circumstantial conditions of a world. We can see drought all around us, but you see that tree who knows the word of God planted by the rivers of water is drawing its strength and its source from the unseen. Everything else might be withering away and might be drying up, but that tree's been and fruit and that's the type of fruit trees God has called every single one of us to be and he'll use an 18 year old king to do it he'll use an 8 year old king to do it he'll use you to do it if you just make yourself a little bit available I know I'm not talking to everybody in the house today I'm only looking for a remnant God's never had the majority don't kid yourself he doesn't need the majority When he wanted to build a nation, he called a man. When he wanted to build a boat, he called a man. When he wanted to have a kingdom, he called a man. When he wanted to save a world, he brought forth a man. He didn't need to have the whole world jumping on the bandwagon and signing the petition. He just needs one person who will stand up and declare, I will make my stand on truth and come hell or high water. I will plant in truth. Oh, he wants to communicate to our mind. He wants to reveal to our heart. Revelation moves us from obscurity into security. It pulls us from the land of good intentions and causes us to dwell in possession. I've, what is today? January the what? 19th. Most people have already given up on your New Year's resolutions. Well, we'll get it again next year. Oh, God, bring a revelation that'll do more than a good intention. Bring a revelation that'll challenge us and change us, that'll thicken the conceptual into the concrete, that'll make us more than just conceptual Christians, cultural Christians. I go to church, therefore I am. No, you're not. You know, you can be conceptually a Christian. 
identify yourself as a Christian, be living in adult in idolatry, adultery, sin, lasciviousness, witchcraft, drunkenness, reveling, lying, cheating, stealing, gambling, addiction. You just name it. It's all in there. It's called the works of the flesh. And you can say, but I'm a Christian. That's just concept. That's just concept. Precept is when you actually start doing what the concept declares. You can be conceptually a Christian and preceptually an atheist. You can say, I believe in God and live like there's not one. What do you mean live like there's not one? Act like there's not going to be any one to challenge your decisions. I hope you don't like me by now. If you don't, I've done my job right. Like I said, I don't do it often. It'll give you time to get over it. God, communicate to our minds. But oh, God, reach in and rend our hearts. I'm not talking about knowing theology. Theology is good. But I, the, the, the word theology means the study of God. Really. The study of God. Ha. Huh. Does the created study the creator? Can the clay study the potter? How does the novel study the author? Does the ant study the eagle or the grain of sand study the galaxy? No more can mankind study God. God must reveal himself to us. And he has chosen to do so by his word. The Word of God is communication to my mind. It's revelation to my heart. And I'm picking up on my third and final point. But there is a close after that just to let you know. It's nourishment to my born-again spirit. The Word of God won't nourish the old Adam. You said it this morning. We have today the edemic improvement plan if Adam could have been improved upon then Jesus wouldn't have died Adam the old Adam there's one place for him can you tell me where he's got to be in the grave on the cross completely I have crucif been crucified with Christ Nevertheless, I live, yet not I that live, but Christ who lives in me in the life that I now live. I live by faith in the one who died and gave himself for me. It's nourishment to our born-again spirit. You must be born again. You must be. Nicodemus, you may know the law backwards and forwards, but all it is is revelation to, communication to your mind. Until you're born again, and it's revelation to your heart. And when it's revelation to your heart, then it becomes nourishment to your born-again spirit man. You must be born of the Spirit, because they that are in the flesh cannot please God. If you're trying to live a life in the flesh and be pleasing to God at the same time, 
You are, all I can think are not appropriate colloquialism, so I'm just going to say something else. You are living in a fantasy. That's true. You're just living in a fantasy world. It's just not true. You must be born again. Here's a fact of all of us. We labor for that which we hunger. You show me what you're laboring for, and I will tell you what you're hungry for. Some of you labor for a man. Some of you labor for a woman. Some of you labor for material things. That's what you labor for. But if we're hungry for the Word of God, we'll labor in the Word. We will let the Word of God nourish and strengthen us. Jesus place priority on his spirit man. He positioned his natural man behind his spirit man. And he said, man shall not live by bread alone. Do you know that if you let your feelings get in the driver's seat, you will wind up in a ditch every single time? Jesus felt hungry, to be sure. The Bible says that. And he fasted for 40 days. And what was the end result of that fast? He was hungry. How many of you have ever been hungry? Real hungry. He was hungry. Mike fasted for 40 days. I didn't. 40 minutes. That's tough. Were you hungry? What were you doing? Why would you do that? You were positioning, you were positioning your spirit man in the lead and you were telling your carnal man to line up and you were saying I don't live by what I feel I live by what I know the just shall live by faith and not by sight if I only did what I felt like I wouldn't do much at all we cannot allow our feelings to take the center stage. I'm not saying that your feelings are not important. Don't get me wrong. But I am telling you that truth can guide your feelings. And you can transform your feelings by the Word of God. And you can start feeling what you should feel. And you can start having the desire that you should have. When you find yourself in the book, being having it communicate to your mind, revealed to your heart, and nourished your born-again spirit. If we live by feelings, our priorities are shifted to the carnal man, and it's a cataclysmic shift. We create our brand of truth that satisfies, satisfies our cravings. You will find yourself polishing and varnishing sin until you have made it okay with God. It's always a part of the corruption. In Josiah's day, they had male cult prostitutes in the temple. There are no words. Except today, we have homosexuals leading churches. When the Word of God is clearly has something to say about it, but if we find ourselves outside of the book, we'll find ourselves in every other arena but the truth. 
and we'll live like there is no God. And we will not even come to the place to where we ask the Lord to search us and try us. We will not, we will be the ones dictating who God is and what He should do and how He should feel. When the book, the Word of God is clear from cover to cover, but if 22% of the people believe it's the inspired Word of God, but 12% read it less than half time a year, I have no wonder why the church is in the condition it's in. We've got to get truth back in the helm. We've got to get our, our moorings back in the Word of God, and we've got to let truth Truth be leading our way and lighting our path and illuminating the way that we go and planning our next steps and judging us and in the mirror of God's word and search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Not I believe God's this way today. Oh, folks, we got to get back to the book. The Word of God is the bread of life. And here's the, the skinny. If we change truth, truth no longer changes us. And we live paralyzed, impotent lives not challenged or changed, walking through the world as cultural robots, letting culture tell us what our next step is, adapting and adopting philosophies of men, breathing in the Antichrist spirit, and living void of any true touch of God while trying to pass it off as something real. Oh God, nourish us in your word. In closing, a college professor on the first day of class brought forth a gallon pickle jar. You can see it in your mind, can't you? And he put in large rocks. And he asked his class, is it full? And they said, yes, it's full. And he picked up some smaller rocks and he began to fill in the negative spaces. And he said, is it full? Now they're a little less apt to answer. So he reaches over and he gets some sand and he pours it in and he shakes it. And it begins to seep in and fill up every available spot. And he says, is it full? And some say, yeah, now it's full. He reaches over and gets some water and he pours it in. And now every available space is full. And he said, what does this mean today? They're not too apt to answer. And the college professor says this, and this is what I will leave you with today. If you don't put the big rocks in first, you'll never get them in later. 
The German proverb says the main thing is to make the main thing the main thing. And the word of God for the church has got to be the main thing. We've got to be a people of truth. We've got to be a people who know what they're about. And I will go as far to say this, that I believe that God will raise up young people that can impact their world with the truth. I'm telling you, if, the, if my generation has blown it and the generation before me fouled it up, God will reach out and he'll use you to reach into a lost and dying world. He doesn't need you to be spectacular. He just needs you to be available and be a person who is willing to go all in with the truth. And God will use you amazingly. Oh God, raise up a Josiah generation. Let us be people who stop compromising. Let us get the truth back in the place. Let us not be a part of this statistical data, God, but let us be all in 100%, Lord God. If Jesus beat the devil with three scriptures in Deuteronomy, surely we can make an impact with the whole book. I realize today that people are not reading the Word of God like they should. I know it. How do you know that? You can't, you can't make that. I can make the observation. Because I know the effects of abandoning the book. I know obedience is not the center point of your life. Faithfulness. It's amazing to me, Josiah, after he read the book, he read a book, it became the book, he tore his clothes, that's repentance. And you know what the next thing he did is in chapter 23? He went to church. He went to the temple. It's amazing to me when people get truth back in their life. There's two kinds of people in the world. Those who say, I'll miss if I have to. And those who say, I'll be there when I can. One seldom are and the other seldom do. I'll let you figure that out. We've got to be people who have allowed the Word of God to be communication to our mind. It has to be revelation to our heart. And then it has to be nourishment to our born-again spirit. People telling me they get cold and they're, and they're depressed and they're living in anxiety. First thing we always say is what, Mike? What do we say? Are you in the book? No, I don't read the Bible much. Well, dang. Pop a Prozac and call me in the morning. You say, Andrew, you can't say those things. I can't too. I have to. I don't want to, but I'm like Jeremiah. It's like fire shut up in my bones. I am tired of the prophets saying the world is good and we're all great and y'all are special and loved. And you are special and loved. But you don't get to just do anything you want and call it okay with God. God does have a standard. God is still holy and he still calls sin, sin. And he still has made a way for you to be compatible with him. Not for him to be compatible with your old nature and it's called the cross and Jesus Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice that I could be transformed not be carried in to heaven on some cloud where one day I'll have all my dreams come true but he wants to raise up laborers in these last days who know what the word of God says and know what the word of God is in them and has caused us to be
be transformed into white hot ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ who are not afraid to proclaim this word to a lost and dying world. I'm ready for the church to arise. Arise. Stand to your feet in this house today.